You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome into today's edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I am your host, Kevin McGuire, editor of Nittany Lions Wire on the USA Today Sports Media Group, and of course, a contributor to Athlon Sports. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Some fun stuff to get into in today's episode. We actually have some breaking news from the world of the NCAA. We're going to talk about the change to the transfer rule coming up in our first segment. We also have some news on a former Penn State basketball player who has signed a new contract. You don't get this very often when you're talking about Penn State players in the NBA, so we'll be sure to touch on that in our second segment. And in our third and final segment of today's episode, we are going to dive back into the spring practice preview, or the final spring practice preview. Don't call it the blue-white game, but it is the final spring practice. We're going to talk a little bit about the special teams. Absolutely an area where I feel like Penn State can make some major improvements for the upcoming season. But before we hit on those topics, I want to make sure that you guys are aware that you can follow this podcast for absolutely free on your favorite podcasting app. It doesn't matter if you're an Apple Podcast user or Spotify. Maybe you're listening on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, formerly radio.com, or if you listen on Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're following the Locked on Nittany Lines podcast so you get these episodes delivered to you as soon as they become available. And of course, if you really want to help us out and you can leave a rating and a review on those various apps, that would be tremendously helpful. As we continue to try and grow the show, it does help with the placement of our show on those various podcasting apps so not only following us but leaving a rating and leaving a review really helps us out if you have a five-star review for us make sure you take a screenshot of it and send it to us on our twitter account at locked on nittany and you're going to get a special shout out on five star fridays right here on the locked on nittany lines podcast so i mentioned the twitter account we're also on facebook and instagram and on twitch all using the username of locked on nittany Don't know what's going to happen with the post-practice live stream plans because the timing just might not be working up, but stay tuned. We are going to do some live streams, and we're going to start doing the podcast in live stream format once again very soon. So be sure to give us a follow on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LockedOnNittany. And like I said, you can like us on Facebook and check us out on Instagram. And of course, follow us on Twitter, all using the username LockedOnNittany. All that stuff is out of the way. Let's go ahead and dive into the breaking news from the NCAA. Now, if you are unfamiliar with my points of view on the whole transfer process, I have always said from the very beginning that a student athlete should be allowed to transfer to whatever school he or she may want to go to. And I have always felt that they should be immediately eligible to play. I thought it was always stupid to have to sit out a year, risk losing a year of eligibility before you're able to return to the sport that you're playing for a whatever school that may be. But now the game has officially been changed with a few caveats, but basically the NCAA has changed the transfer process or changed the rule in the process. And now every student athlete, regardless of sport, is going to get a one-time basically free transfer in the sense that they don't have to sit out a year. And to me, this is a long overdue, but it is good to see that the NCAA has finally done something right. I feel as though far too often we criticize the NCAA for one reason or another. And I will say, 
I believe that all those criticisms are typically pretty valid, but we also should applaud them for making a decision that I feel benefits the student athlete. I get very frustrated seeing the transfer process be held up by one school or a coach not allowing a player to go out and have uh, the transfer experience that they desire. I understand the point of view that people will say that says, well, this kid signed a scholarship, so why should he be allowed to leave? I, I never thought that that was right. <laughs> I just feel as though the situation can change. Circumstances can change. So what brought a player into one school may not pan out the way that they envision it during the recruiting process and getting a chance to visit the campus and maybe the first days of being on campus. A lot of college students are like that, right? And so maybe you yourself ended up deciding that you needed to leave your school for another school, another opportunity. And that's perfectly acceptable. It is okay to put yourself in a better situation either for you professionally, academically, athletically, whatever is more comfortable for you or more challenging for you or whatever it is you are seeking that you are not able to get in your current location, you should be allowed to go and explore those opportunities as best you possibly can and as often as you can and without any restrictions being held on you. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that a school is going to allow this transfer process to go as smoothly as I still hope that we eventually see. But basically, this is making it a lot easier for a kid to go from one school to another and not lose any eligibility. And that's the bottom line. And I think that that is a good thing to have. Now, I would like to see the NCAA go a couple steps further here. Uh, for right now, the one-year free transfer basically is a good thing. But of course, this doesn't mean that you're going to uh, get a free transfer every time you want to transfer. So some schools uh, or some players end up playing for three or four different schools during the course of their collegiate career. This doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a free transfer every time. Now, graduate transfers will still get that immediate eligibility. That's for sure. But uh, if, you go, if you go ahead and transfer a second time, then you're risking having to sit out. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. I still think you should have a free transfer every time you transfer, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but I'm not going to get all up in arms about it. I think that the rule has changed in a positive way, and I'm going to applaud that. Now, I do think that where the NCAA can weigh in a little bit more is by limiting coaches or preventing coaches from be having the ability to block a kid from transferring. As it stands right now, even with this rule change, a player that is looking to transfer will still have to get a transfer release from their current school. Some schools are very good about that. Some schools are a little bit more prickly about it for whatever reason. I feel like the NCAA should shut down that practice. A coach for a football program or a basketball program should not have any say in where one of his current student athletes decides to transfer. I think it's ridiculous and I think that that is the next step that needs to be taken by the NCAA because we can't have coach A saying that student A can't go to school B, C or D or E or anywhere else in the conference or anywhere on the upcoming schedule for the next three years. That's ridiculous. That practice needs to end. Let's hope the NCAA does something about that next.
All right, I have been putting it off long enough. This weekend, I am finally going to buckle down and go in and clean out my car. And it's probably a good chance to take a look to see what else my car may need. And if I find anything that it does need, I know I'm going to go to rockauto.com. I'm going to load it up on my phone or my laptop, and I'm going to enter the make and model of my vehicle and find everything that is available for my specific vehicle. That's why rockauto.com is so great for somebody like me. I don't really know a whole lot about cars. I know that going and buying anything for your car can be intimidating if you don't know what you're doing. Going into a store and having to stand in the aisle, look at the cross-reference guide to find the exact model of something that you need for your car, it can be overwhelming and it can be frustrating. On top of that, I don't need a sales associate coming up and kind of talking down to me and trying to upsell me on things that I really don't need. So I go to rockauto.com and you should too. Great prices for the professional or the novice from a family owned business that's been doing this for 20 years and there's a reason why. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Don't forget to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Rakowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts across the Locked On Podcast Network. So follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I don't know if this is going to be one of the major talking points on today's episode of Locked On Today, but there is a little bit of uh, NBA transaction news that may be of interest to some Penn State fans. Lamar Stevens. He has gone from being one of Penn State's best college basketball players in quite some time to an undrafted free agent who was picked up by the Cleveland Cavaliers in late November on a two-way contract. He has now signed a multi-year deal to stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't have the financial terms or the specific details of the contract, but this is big news. This is a really good development for a player that is working hard to make a name for himself and find his spot in the NBA. It is very difficult to be an undrafted free agent and within the span of one season, get a multi-year deal on the books. Now, it does happen, obviously, but I think that this is an inspirational story and one that should be celebrated, not just by Lamar Stevens and his family, but, of course, the entire Penn State basketball family. We all know the past year has been pretty rough for Penn State basketball in one sense or another. Uh, this is a program that a year ago, or you know, a little bit more than a year ago, looked like it was destined to be going to the NCAA tournament, looked like they had a seed locked up even though they struggled down the stretch of the regular season. Lamar Stevens absolutely deserved a chance to play in the NCAA basketball tournament. And it is a darn shame that he and so many others, obviously, saw their basketball careers cut short on a dime with the pandemic. We all know the story at this point, but it is unfortunate. And of course, who knows what would have happened if Penn State did get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. I still think Lamar Stevens probably ends up as an undrafted player, but he would still be in the league somewhere. And it is good to see he is having some success with Cleveland. And of course, you know, earning a multi-year deal, even though you're not putting up big numbers, but you're showing that you are a contributor off the bench, certainly a worthwhile step forward for Lamar Stevens. So this is something that should obviously be celebrated by Penn State basketball, even though Lamar Stevens' coaches are no longer with the basketball program. It is absolutely a proud factoid that the basketball program can shine on because there isn't a whole lot of NBA success from uh, Penn State players. 
No, maybe that's going to change now that Michael Shrewsbury has taken over as the head coach and we know all his history and his background with developing players for the NBA, coaching players in the NBA. Some of the staff members he's bringing in have had has had some NBA experience. So there is reason to believe that Lamar Stevens is not going to be the last Nittany Lion to play in the NBA. I think we know that. But uh, again, you don't get a whole lot of these. Football is a different story. We're always talking. We're talking about t- potentially two different players from Penn State going in the first round. And here we are talking Penn State basketball in the middle of April because a former Nittany Lion, who was one of the best players that has come through this program, is now you know, catching on in the NBA. I don't know what his career is going to be like. I don't really know what the outlook is for his professional career, but I do think it is worth noting uh, getting a multi-year deal. Now, of course, if you're a Cleveland fan, you know that there's some other uh, ways that this is beneficial for Cleveland's roster management because now it opens up a two-way contract that they can use to kind of fill a space there. So good to see. Good to see. Uh, I think Lamar Stevens certainly is worthy of this kind of uh, praise and success and obviously wish him well moving forward. I did mention just now that we are looking at two different Penn Staters potentially going in the first round of the NFL draft, which is coming up very soon. Uh, Of course, we already know that Michael Parsons is going in the first round. Don't really know where he's going. I actually did a radio interview yesterday that was talking about maybe him going to the New York Giants. That was a landing possibility I haven't really considered too much. It still looks like he could potentially be going to the Denver Broncos with the number nine pick. The Detroit Lions, a couple of picks later, is still kind of on the board as a pretty trendy pick as well. I still wouldn't be mad if he ended up with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I know the Eagles won't draft him because they're going to outthink themselves, just like they do every year with the NFL draft, as long as Howie Roseman's the GM. But I do think that Michael Parsons is certainly a lock to go in the first round. But Jason Owe. I continue to say continues to be the most intriguing prospect to watch because his stock continues to rise and we're starting to see some traction where he could very well be going in the first round, late first round, still kind of on the border of that second round pick, but Mel Kuyper has escalated Jason Owe into his first round on his updated mock draft that was just posted this week. And I think uh, Maurice Jones drew posted a mock draft on NFL.com and he also has Jason Owe going in the first round. They both, uh, Kuiper and Richard and Stu, both have Jason Owe going to the Kansas City Chiefs, which, by the way, not a terrible landing spot for one of Penn State's better defensive linemen that's going into this draft. Uh, you get a chance to go to the defending AFC champions, uh, two years now removed from the Super Bowl. Uh, you know that Kansas City is going to be pretty successful with Andy Reid as the head coach and uh, some guy named Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, who, by the way, is the favorite right now on Bet Online to win the NFL MVP next season. Not really a stretch to suggest that that's a realistic possibility. But Jason Owe continues to be gaining momentum at the most perfect time. Mike uh, Parsons still kind of in the same kind of range we've been talking about for a while. Anywhere it looks like from 9 down to as low as 17, I think, is the lowest I've seen recently. But he's somewhere in the early teens, maybe, at the latest. And uh, Mike uh, Mike Parsons is certainly going to be a first-round pick. Uh, Jason Owe could very well be joining him. Still, Pat Frymuth still has some work to go. He's still, I think, as far as I'm concerned, the second-best tight end in this draft class. Nobody's going to catch Kyle Pitts from Florida. Uh, He's very likely going to go in the first 10 picks. But I think if you're looking for a tight end and you can wait until the second round, maybe even the third round, based on some of the mock drafts I've seen, uh, Pat Frymuth is going to be a nice little bargain, uh, additional pickup for any team looking for a tight end in their offense. Uh, I have seen the Eagles listed as a potential landing spot for Pat Frymuth. 
I would not be opposed to that. I would not be opposed to Michael Parsons. I seriously doubt that the Eagles would draft Michael Parsons and Pat Fryermuth, but that'd be pretty fun for me, and I would certainly have to catch up with our pals over on Locked On Eagles uh, podcast to see what they have to say. But uh, it's going to be pretty fun to see these next couple weeks here as we lead up to the NFL draft just where the landing spots are going to be for guys like Michael Parsons and Jason Oway. Next week on the podcast, uh, in addition to all the mock draft stuff that's going to be going on on the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about in just a minute. Uh, I do think that it's going to be a good time to bring in some of my uh, friends from the podcasting and college football blogging world to kind of take a look at the NFL draft. I've got some good contacts out there. I'm going to try and bring them into the podcast. We'll see if we can set up some recordings, get some insights from the draft gurus that are out there. Let me know if there's anything that you want to know as well as far as the NFL draft is concerned. But we do need to shift gears back to the final football spring practice, which is coming up on Saturday. We've got some quick thoughts on the special teams. I'm going to get to that in our next segment. I just mentioned the NFL odds for MVP, courtesy of Bet Online, having Patrick Mahomes as the 5-1 to favorite. No surprise that Aaron Rodgers is at 9-1, to Josh Allen at 10-1, to Lamar Jackson at 14-1. to I'm scanning down the list. Of all the players that are on the board for 2021-22, most valuable player on Bet Online, and nowhere to be found is Saquon Barkley. And I only am surprised by that because of some of the names that are on this list, like Trey Lance, who is a quarterback coming out of North Dakota State. He's got 150 to 1 odds to be MVP in the NFL in his rookie season. Those are pretty darn good odds for a rookie quarterback out of North Dakota State. How can Saquon Barkley not even be on the board? I know he was injured last year. I know he's coming back. But the fact that he's not even listed, that bothers me just a little bit. But you know what? BetOnline's got so many odds that you can take a look at. They even have the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds currently out. We're still waiting for the Defensive Rookie of the Year. But if you're curious about who the favorite to be NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2021, it'll be Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback. He's the easy favorite at 11 to 4. You got Justin Fields at 9 to 2, Zach Wilson at 9 to 2 odds, and I mentioned him earlier Kyle Pitts 15 to 2 odds to be the offensive rookie of the year. Of course an award previously won by Saquon Barkley, but again, we'll get off that high horse right now. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action. BetOnline even covers award shows and TV shows. They've got real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. All you have to do is head to their website on your mobile device or your laptop or your desktop, betonline.ag. Sign up today, and don't forget to use our promo code Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. That's right. It is free money. Start making some money with that first deposit bonus with the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All next week, April 19th through the 26th, be sure to listen to The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. You'll also hear from all of our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their respective teams. Subscribe to The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. I know I just followed the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 in my podcast feed, and I cannot wait to see this project roll out. It was a really fun project to put, help put together last year, and it's going to be so much better this year. I know we're all very excited about it, and hopefully you guys give it a follow, give it a listen. 
I may even pop in at one point along the way. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you check it out. Now, of course, we're diving back into the final spring football practice for Penn State, which is coming up on Saturday at noon. It's going to be about two hours for that final spring practice. Don't call it a blue-white game. I keep trying to lean myself off of saying that because it is not a typical spring game. It's not a typical spring game atmosphere. But the bottom line is, Fans will be coming back into Beaver Stadium. I know it's going to be limited. I know it's only going to be first-year students instead of any other student. But you know the fact that there's something happening inside Beaver Stadium kind of gets the the chills going a little bit, right? It's something to talk about, something to look forward to. Now, this week on the podcast, we've taken some time to dig into what to expect or what to follow as far as the offense is concerned. We did that yesterday on the podcast with a look at the defense. And now it is time to just kind of touch on a couple quick things to pay attention to as far as special teams is concerned. I don't have a whole lot to say about special teams. Obviously, the success of Penn State is going to be carried much more by what the offense does as well as the defense. Special teams can only hurt you, I think, at this point. And it certainly hurt them last year. Now, a lot of things hurt Penn State last year, but special teams was an area that was pretty disappointing in an area on a team that had a lot of disappointments. Special teams really kind of stuck out to me for a number of reasons. First of all, it kind of went against the grain. Penn State has had pretty decent special teams for a long time. To So to see uh, their kickers, Jordan Stout and Jake Pinegar, come up short on the number of field goals that they did was pretty disappointing. Go back to that season opener. Jake Pinegar uh, goes 0 for 2 on field goal tries against Indiana. Of course, that game ends up going into overtime. So those missed field goals in regulation come back to haunt Penn State. And of course, Indiana wins that game. Who knows what would have happened if just one of those field goals is made? Maybe Penn State wins that game in regulation. Maybe they go on to avoid an 0-5 start. Obviously, if they win in Indiana, they do avoid an 0-5 start. But you get the idea. Maybe the whole outlook of the season changes just based on one field goal going through the uprights. Uh, Jordan Stout also missed on a couple field goals too. He was two of five for the season. Jake Pinegar nine of thirteen. Again, zero and two against Indiana. I've really come back to haunt them. Uh, also had one missed PAT somewhere along the way too. I forget which game that was. Was it the Indiana game? I don't remember. I just saw the stat line. Uh, but those are two kickers that were actually pretty good the previous season. So it was kind of weird. And I know kickers can be kind of strange sometimes where they have a really good year and then they just kind of fall apart and sometimes they bounce back. So I think that the history of Penn State kickers would suggest that it's probably going to be okay. And I think that this is a pretty good opportunity this spring for both those guys to make sure that they've got the accuracy down a little bit better than they did last year. Whoever's holding the pass or holding the kick, maybe there's something there that they can be working on. So I don't think there's a whole lot of need for improvement or I don't think there's a whole lot of areas where they need to work on. I think it's just a matter of regaining some confidence. So whatever you can do in the spring to do that, that would be great. And I don't think there's any real reason to push any panic buttons just yet. The actually more interesting question that I have is who's going to be returning punts? Who's going to be returning kickoffs? Uh, we know that Jahad Dotson was phenomenal returning punts last year, had the highest average of punting returns uh, that we have seen last season. I would not be surprised if he's doing that once again this year. But I do think given his value to the offensive game plan, it may be a good opportunity maybe to see if there's anybody else that you can use to return punts that can be effective, uh, can still have some big return possibilities. And I would be interested to see if that's an area where maybe they practice that a little bit in this final spring practice. Uh, same thing with goes for kickoffs. We know that Lamont Wade was returning some kickoffs last year. He had one kickoff return for a touchdown. 
But there were some frustrating moments. I thought that Lamont Wade had uh, returning kickoffs as well. So I think there's room for improvement here. We saw Parker Washington and Devin Ford both get in the uh, in the mix returning kickoffs last year. I would imagine they're probably both in the conversation once again this year. Uh, Kaziah Holmes, Daniel George, any of those guys uh, sound like guys that you want returning kickoffs. I'd be curious to see what the game plan is here. We'll see if we, if we get any glimpses of that in the spring game. But bottom line is it would really help to have a good returner. Now, I will say this. I think when the NCAA changed the kickoff rules a little bit last year, it kind of took away the aspect of having a big kickoff returner. So I don't know if it's necessarily a big uh, question that needs to be addressed. But if you are going to have teams kicking off to you, I would like to have a solid returner that's going to get you at least to the 25-yard line because it is very important that if you are getting the football, take that fair catch, take that free yardage because odds are you're probably not going to get back to the 25-yard line more often than not. But if you have a guy that can break that one loose and you can get that big return, get the ball out to midfield, maybe return it, taking it to the house, it would be nice to see where that's going to be coming from. I don't know that they have that guy right now. I don't know that they don't have that guy right now. And I don't know exactly how much we'll know about that situation once we get through this final spring practice. So just a couple generic thoughts on the special teams. There's room for improvement. Same goes for the offense. Same goes for the defense. But I think the special teams probably has the biggest room for improvement compared to where the offense and defense are going to be. That's just my thought. Make sure you go back to the previous episodes of this podcast this week. Here are some of my thoughts on the offense. Here's some of my thoughts on the defense and round them up with the special teams. Now, tomorrow will be our Football Friday episode, our five-star Football Friday. If you send us your five-star reviews, you'll get a special shout-out in tomorrow's episode. But I'll have some final thoughts taking you into the weekend as we get ready for Penn State's final spring practice. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following on your preferred podcasting app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, and, of course, the Odyssey app, formerlyradio.com. Make sure you've got those apps updated on your mobile phone. Take it with you anywhere using the Odyssey app. Of course, if you follow us on any of those podcasts and you want to leave a rating or a review, we're available. That would be tremendous help for us as we continue to try and grow the show. Your feedback really does help us with the placement on those various podcasting apps. So spread the word, share us with your Penn State friends and family, and of course, your fellow Penn State fans, and let them know that you can connect with us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. I'm Kevin McGuire, editor of Nittany Lions Wire on the USA Today Sports Media Group and, of course, a contributor to AthlonSports.com. You can also catch me on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Now, make sure you check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast for continuing Big Ten coverage. Check out all the other great stuff across the network. And, of course, check out Locked On Today for all the latest breaking news from the world of sports. Once again, I'm Kevin McGuire. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys all again tomorrow. So go one and know today. We'll come back. We'll do it all again. Send you into the weekend on a winning note. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you all later.